Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We're going to do a reset. By the way, you can join us on the Internet. You can live stream us. LarryKudlowShow.com. LarryKudlowShow.com. Got that. You can hear us all across the country, around the world, throughout the solar system, and the Milky Way. And during the week, please join us on Fox Business Network. The name of the show is Cudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And if you can't reach us at 4 o'clock, if you can't watch us at 4, for some reason, just text your favorite 9-year-old, and she will show you how to DVR the show. All right, let's do some stock market work. Big week for stocks. Dow Jones up 669. Yesterday it was up 700 points, 701 points. And it's very interesting. Year to date, year to date, the S&P 500 up 11.5%. The NASDAQ up 26.5%. Bitcoin up 64.5%. The VIX volatility index all the way down to 15. I guess there's no risk anymore in the stock market. Gold prices still hovering, 19, 1948. Oil's going nowhere. There's another OPEC meeting coming up. Oil's plugging along around $71, $71.74. And uh, interest rates actually fell a bit. The 10-year dropped to 11 basis points, even though the yield curve is steeply inverted, which is not a good sign. But who cares? The stock market is roaring. So this is a great country or what? Stocks are booming. All is well. The Cudlow Trust is rising. We have Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services. We have John Najarian, co-founder of Market Rebellion. Jim Urio, all is well. Stocks are booming. We have nothing to worry about. Our problems are solved. This is a great country. Yep, that's it, man. That is absolutely amen. This is going to be a short show. That's it. No, that's, <laughs> the reality is, is much, much different. Like, even you look at the what the numbers we saw this week. First of all, the jolts number come out. Looks like a huge beat on the surface. Then you break down into a little bit, and the quit rate is the lowest it's been in two years, suggesting that there's some lack of confidence in new jobs. Then we move over to the to the big, the granddaddy, the unemployment number, which at 339 is a huge beat. And then you look at this nonsensical birth death model. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. The birth death model, the BLS realized in the Stone Age is that they weren't really capturing the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial sector of the of employment, so they came up with this estimate based on historical averages of businesses opening uh, juxtaposed against businesses closing. So that automatically means, by definition, in the turn of a market, in the turn of the labor market, they're still looking at averages from the past, so they don't pick that part up. And that birth death model added 230,000 jobs to that number yesterday. So the fact that unemployment went up 3.4 to 3.7 was a huge deal. And the fact that the Fed Fund's futures curve now says it's a 75% chance of no move after that blockbuster number means specifically, I know I'm rambling, I'm sorry, John, I'm sorry, Larry, but it means specifically that the market thought that those were not good numbers and that soon 
that, well, the Fed is going to skip, it's going to pause, and you mentioned the inverted yield curve. I think I'm worried about, you know, a deflationary period in six to nine months more than inflation. Is that crazy? No, actually, the birth-death model is just such a lot of garbage. Uh, Asinine. <laughs> the, the, look, the household number fell by 300,000-plus. Yeah. Uh, the number of unemployed people rose by 400,000. I mean, I thought, John and Jerry, and, and, and I'm not the, close to it anymore the way you guys are, but I thought uh is because the market looked under the hood and saw the weakness and then translated that into a softer Fed. I thought that was a lot to do with it. There may have been uh, some relief that uh, we're not going to default on our bonds, but I don't think that was a major, major factor. Uh, so anyway, I think um, easier interest rates had a lot to do with this. But what do you think, John Najarian? I think it's 100 percent correct. Uh, and I'm sure Jim would agree that uh, we are likely to not just pause um, after the June meeting, but uh, to actually, I believe, see cuts. And I said that with you on air. Yeah. Uh, on your Fox business show, and yeah. I still believe that to my core, uh, because the last thing Jay Powell really wants to do now, or any of the Fed governors, is break up the economy and send it spiraling down. A few more rate hikes, it's not going to be just regional banks that take the hit for those, uh, what they thought were safe investments, and if they hold them to maturity, they are safe investments that they made, but they've taken a pretty big hit. I won't belabor it. We all know uh, Silicon Valley banks and the others that had problems with the duration uh, issue that they had buying short-term uh, paper, but couldn't get the paper out there and sell it. Otherwise, they'd have to mark to market. And I think, Larry, that uh, it's not going to be just regional banks that are hurt every time the Fed moves these rates up, but the Joe and Jane that are paying off record credit card debt that's averaging 24% right now. Delinquencies, again, we spoke about this, but delinquencies are at the highest level since 2008. If you're truly data-driven, how do you take all that in and say we should be increasing rates by 50 bips, by 25 bips, or whatever it might be? Um, I think instead they're going to have to look in the mirror and say, if we do that, yeah, we can stop inflation in its tracks, but then we're going to accelerate into what Jim very accurately described as uh, a disinflationary period that will be even worse than inflation was as far as hurting households and citizens in the country, obviously. Well, look, at, if they keep going, they'll just stop everything in its tracks. I mean, that's yeah. basically what Fed policy is. They're not getting any help from the supply side of the economy. I mean, we should be... We should be flattening tax rates. We should be deregulating. We're not doing any of that stuff. The debt deal was a pretty decent deal. I think McCarthy got what he could get. And there are some interesting pro-growth things in there, or at least the beginning of it. But not, it's not going to take effect in any major way, and it's not going to take effect soon. They just Listen, it's just interesting to me. I, I scan the financial pages. I do the best I can. Uh, our show covers uh, business and the economy and, and the markets, but we also cover a lot of politics. But nobody really talks about in the markets, fellas. And this is, and Jim, you're right. We used to talk. All right, the inverted yield curve is discussed. I, I do see that being discussed. 
But also, uh, with the exception of Ed Hyman and uh, really one or two others maybe, the money supply, M2 money supply, has collapsed in the last year. Now, I'm not, I don't want to bring us back to Milton Friedman, M2ism, 100%. But when something goes up by 30%, and then it reverses course and it starts falling, all right, down 5%, from plus 30 to minus 5, those kinds of swings have to mean something. And it's probably not, I mean, it's good for inflation, but it's not good for the economy. And the other thing is, commodities are soft. Commodities are soft. Uh, I mean, just oil, uh, so OPEC, uh, say they cut a million barrels of production. I don't know if they actually did. There's a lot of cheating. But you're still hovering around $70 a barrel. So I'm just saying CRB, uh, Goldman Sachs, all these indexes are very soft. They've been falling for over a year. Nobody talks about that, Jim Urio. I know. Well, they, yes. Okay, but some of them, the gold, you mentioned Bitcoin, um, silver, they, they have attracted some money, not the last three weeks or so. But to your M2 money supply thing, that should be something that people focus on quite a bit. The M2 money supply in our nation's history has only come off more than 2% four times. Three of those times were associated with depressions, and the fourth was the uh, mm. bank panic of 1980, uh, 1893. Um, uh, I remember it. You, <laughs> I was going to make a joke, and I didn't know which one of you two to take down. So that's why I got, got kind of caught up in that. Yeah. So I backed off it. But anyway, so the point is, so we've come back, we brought the money supply back 4.6% now. But if we had just stayed on the slope of increasing the money supply that started in 2011, which was very high slope, we'd still, if we just stayed on that, we still have 2.5 trillion extra dollars in money supply than where we would have been mm-hmm. based on the fact that they just force fed $7 trillion into the market. So it's a big deal. So the commodity soft thing has perplexed me a little bit too. As you know, I'm in gold, silver, and in Bitcoin. I am not discouraged. I still think as we move a little forward, those things are going to flip in the, well, it's going to flip with the Fed. If the scenario that we've just laid out is really happening in the next quarter, I think those things could do very well. Well, I got to take a break, but uh, for both of you, quickly, is, is the Fed going to pause? Let's see, the meeting is not this week, it's the following week. Or are they going to hike? Jim Uriel. Pause and they're done. Pause and done. John and Jarrett. Yeah, I agree with Kashkari and with Jim Uriel. Um, Pausing doesn't mean they're done necessarily, but it it won't hurt the economy. But moving uh, rates up again with all the things we spoke of would hurt the economy. So they do pause. They could pause for a month or two and then come back and slaughter the economy after that. (laughs) I I don't understand any of this stuff. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, Jim Urio, TJM Institutional Services, John Najarian, co-founder Market Rebellion. By the way, John, it's a pleasure to have you on Fox Business. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, we're back talking stocks. We're here with Jim Urio, Director of TJM Institutional Services, and John Najarian, co-founder of Market Rebellion. So, fellas, you weren't all that bullish in the last segment. <laughs> what, um, what's an investor to do right now? John, Me? lead well, us off. Well, uh, sure, I'd be happy to. Um, uh, I think that uh, if Jimmy and I are right, uh, and Neil Kashkari, uh, his advice is taken by the rest of the voting members of the FOMC, I think, Larry, we're likely to see uh, the, the rally sustain. Um, if, on the other hand, again, they want to throw uh, cold water on this, they certainly could. They could jack up rates further, and then this would represent a top for several months until they get back uh, into a pause and or cutting uh, of interest rates. So I'm not pessimistic. I'm optimistic that they will look at the inputs that are out there and truly being data dependent, they will decide, look, we can certainly pause at worst and perhaps even say that we think we're near the end of this cycle, in which case, by the way, uh, silver and gold tend to do very well at the end of hiking cycles. So mm. those would be two areas I'd focus on. Mm. Jim Uriel, what's the oil story? So the oil story is weird. I think it's reflecting now some of the global slowdown. I think it's reflecting, you mentioned before, people cheating on the production cuts. Also, I think there's threats of Russia potentially you know, flooding the system with oil to finance the war. I think that's part of it. But that 70 level keeps holding tight. And I do think it has something to do with the promise of at some point in time refilling the SPR. And I think the market and the traders are waiting for, for they believe that the government will do it at the exact wrong time and then we'll jack it up. Did you hear the uh, one of the Saudi ministers said um, he was going, it was the way he phrased it, he said he was going to ouch the short sellers at some point in time. I don't know if you had heard that in the last couple of days. And they ouched the short sellers back in April once, and I'm going to use that as a verb or whatever that is forever now. But um, but uh, they did that once before. I, I am bullish oil, but I do want to see a little more strength before I actually increase any position there. You like gold? I love gold. I think that if what we're saying is true, and they're done, and they're smart enough, as John said, to uh, to know that they've probably hiked enough. I think gold could do very well. Yes, John, you like technology at all? I mean, it's uh, AI related stocks doing very, very well. Uh, Nvidia may be the tip, uh, top of the iceberg, but there seems to be a lot of new energy in the technology sector. Absolutely, and. One of the reasons for that, of course, is that, um, and this is a bit of a negative, uh, uh, but there will be a lot of jobs eliminated. I'm not the first one to say it. I'm just joining the chorus of people that say this is such a powerful tool, AI, artificial intelligence, 
that we're going to be uh, experiencing uh, faster growth in some of these tech stocks in particular and old line businesses, as well as uh, a, a shrinkage in their workforce necessary to accomplish this. So that is something that's really good for bottom line of these companies. It is a tough thing. Um, I'm sure, Larry and Jim, when you guys travel, you see the same, that when you go to third world countries and so forth, instead of having automatic gates at parking garages, they have a little guy or a little gal out there waving a flag and signaling you into the garage, not just to hustle you in, but instead of automation, they have tried to keep jobs in those countries because they're so hard to build up a workforce that has a job in those environments. I think the same thing's going to be true here, that there will be a lot of uh, people, even in the big tech jobs, that thought that they had the world by, you know, all the good parts, but instead they're they're struggling to stay up with uh, AI because it's coming for their jobs mm. and it's more efficient than they are and it can work 24-7, unlike mm. a human being. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I work 24-7. <laughs> well, other than Larry Kudlow, <laughs> the rest of us need to sleep. Jim Uriel, what about retailers? It's interesting, retailing up 19.5%, the S&P 500 retailing section, 19.5% for the year. But I don't see how retailers make any money because in all these big cities, uh, people come in and steal everything they have. They don't buy anything. They, don't buy anything. they, just, they just steal stuff. They, they, you know, they keep it under a thousand. They come in with hand calculators. They stop at nine ninety nine so they can come back the next day and the next day after that. Now, how do you make money in that environment? You don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch any of that stuff. Uh, the, I saw an interview with the Home Depot uh, CEO last week, and the interviewer, um, like, said, "Yeah, but you know, theft has always been a problem." And he looked at the camera and he was like, "Make no mistake about it. Theft five to ten years ago was not even close to what it is now." And he had very strong words. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm not interested in, in the sector in the least. I mean, unless. We get different. I mean, they're moving out of these big cities. They're allowing people to steal. What? Again, you, you, I can't even imagine this world we live in right now where they, yeah, yeah, sure. Now, we're not going to chase you. You can't. We're not even going to stop you. If any of our employees stop you, we're going to fire them. Yeah, Lula. Believe it, a Lululemon, right? L- yeah. Lululemon's my favorite story. So the guys come in and steal the stuff. What do they do? Do they go and bust the uh, stealers? No. They fire the employees who tried to stop them from stealing. I mean, We're really? Donald, man. Yeah, there's something, the right, there's something that's changed in America. I forget what it is. Yeah. Oh, I get it. And if you commit a crime, you're supposed to go to jail. By the way, Larry, just a quick one to Jim's point on energy. The U.S. rig count, we just got it yesterday at 696 rigs in the United States. Uh, basically, um, at its peak, just back in, let me see, no. November, December of 22, we had 794 rigs. Mm. So we're down 11 percent in rig count. So to Jim's point, we could see a pretty quick upward surge uh, just from demand uh, that they can't fulfill the demand. And we know if demand outstrips supply, prices have to go up. And I think we're likely very close to that. Well, the other thing is, we come and we just have thirty seconds. But I'm I'm reading that the Chinese economic recovery is not what hope, people hoped it would be. 
and that that may be affecting demand across the board for a whole lot of things. I, I don't know. I don't follow China, uh, the economy, the way I used to, but Matt, that could be a problem. China's not unimportant well, no. in the world. Economy. I don't know how you follow China, considering that it's very difficult to get accurate information out of it. But yes, it, yeah. it turns out that when you lock your economy down for two and a half years, it might have str- a struggle coming back online. And they li- another thing that's frustrating. They lie through their teeth anyway. Nobody believes anything they say. Anyway, Jim Urio, thank you. John Najarian, thank you. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.